Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Last Life Podcast. This is my weekly gaming podcast where we use this one life to explore amazing worlds and discuss all things video games related. Tune in every week for new episodes and to support this show, please subscribe, comment and rate this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. You can email me any questions at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the various social media links will also be in the description. So we are going with a bit of a podcast title change as we, as you kind of noted earlier. I will be changing the email over time. I know it's a little worded, uh, but of course it is available in the description below. So you can just copy paste it. If you want to get, get in touch with me, you can also message me on any of the social media platforms. I respond relatively quickly. So this is, this has been a pretty big week. I know this has been a big week, actually not this week per se, but even last week, it's been a big couple of weeks for Microsoft, but I feel like that topic has been done. It's been done by me. A lot of people have kind of talked about it here and there and everything like that, that I just kind of wanted to shift gears and talk about Sony and how Sony is responding to the Bethesda acquisition. This is still relatively new. A lot of stuff is happening on the Sony camp, it seems. I'm not sure if they planned it according. I don't think they planned it accordingly, but a lot of stuff is happening. And first big thing is Sony is partnering with a new development studio, a studio called Haven. And obviously this, you know, doesn't give a lot of information. It's just Sony partnering with a new studio, but Haven studio, uh, the development studio is headed by Jade Raymond. Now, if many people don't know, Jade Raymond was basically the spearhead or the creative director, or just kind of the person, the go-to person at Ubisoft, especially Ubisoft Toronto, and kind of started the whole Assassin's Creed, Watch Dogs, you know, franchise in a sense. I'm, I, I could be wrong a little bit about them because I know there were a lot of heads kind of coming together and creating those worlds. But from my memory, at least, I remember she was, I think she was at least a producer of these, of these series and all these games. And I still remember when Assassin's Creed was first coming out, the first one, and I was seeing the gameplay videos pop up online on YouTube, stuff like that. I remember she was kind of giving the background, going through all the information as to all the, the technology that's involved and everything like that. So she has a lot of experience working with these huge franchises. And of course, she worked at Ubisoft Toronto. She kind of, I think, started that uh, that studio itself in Toronto. She then worked at EA in in Vancouver, I believe. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. And then after that, she was working at Google Stadia. And after, you know, Watch Dogs and, and Assassin's Creed, I know she has worked on a couple of smaller things after that. After those two franchises, she hasn't really gotten a chance to kind of, you know, do something, create something. And after the whole Google Stadia fallout, where Google Stadia just decided that, you know what, we're not doing too well in this industry right now. Let's just, let's just make this a third party platform. We're not going to do any first party stuff anymore. Um, unfortunately, Jay Raymond and a number of amazing developers uh, alongside her were of course let go. And from that, I, she started the studio. Uh, it's a Montreal based studio. So I'm, I'm Canadian. So I always love hearing about any new video game studios that are happening in in Canada and Sony is basically partnering with them. It is unclear as to what sort of investment they have with them if they're investing in the game, in the studio, but it seems like it's a very similar partnership to the way that Sony built that partnership with Kojima Productions and helped release Death Stranding on PC and on PlayStation. Uh, and it does seem that they are building a PlayStation exclusive from the ground up, a new IP. Again, like I don't know every nitty gritty detail about the who owns the IP, everything like that, but it's basically, let's just look at it as 
a new Death Stranding kind of a game. Obviously not Death Stranding, but that sort of sort of a game from that sort of a studio. So this was really great because one thing I kind of wanted to note was ever since the whole but this acquisition happened, all the stuff going around as to oh whether uh, will will these games be coming out? Will the Bethesda games be coming out to PlayStation? Uh, Phil Spencer kind of said it in a sense that no, it won't be, but will it? You know, like kind of left it open, uh, and and everyone's like a little wondering, okay, what's Sony's move? What will Sony do now? You know, the first thing I have to bring up with that is you know it Sony wasn't the one that's playing catch up. It was actually Microsoft. Microsoft for the longest time had a lot of issues uh, when it comes to their exclusives. And again, like I, I've had both consoles and, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's no secret that Sony did have the better exclusives all the way in PlayStation, the PlayStation 4 all the way till the end. Just even last year, they had all these exclusives and even this year we, we will be getting Horizon on the PlayStation 4 as well. So Sony did a really great job and Microsoft was always kind of trying to release stuff, but they canceled a game like Scalebound, which I was really excited about. That was actually the reason I got an Xbox. I'm not j- joking. I got an Xbox initially for Halo 5 and after Halo 5 there was like no games coming out for Xbox. So I sold my Xbox, I got a Switch because the Switch was coming out at that time and I, I played the Switch and I love the Switch and then I, I heard about Scalebound, I heard that you know all these exclusives are being, being worked on by them and everything like that and I got the Xbox One X, I got it as a present and yeah like I, I, I played Cuphead and then I got the Game Pass, I played Forza Horizon 4 and I just played Halo Master Chief Collection and, and yeah that was it. and. You know, like so, it was, it was, it was pretty barren for Microsoft fans. So this kind of acquisition has kind of at least allowed them to be on par in terms of just having games readily available for Microsoft on a regular basis. You know, like it's not about making exclusives; it's about making exclusives on a regular basis, and that was the issue. You can't release an exclusive every couple of years and expect people to be, you know, excited by that by that platform. So this has kind of they've done a good job finally, kind of getting to that point. And on, on, on Sony's side, you know, everyone was wondering whether or not they're going to buy something. Are they going to buy a new company? And they, they might as well. They, I, I don't know, right? They might. But this kind of answers the question that a lot of people were having. Uh, I, I believe that this is the approach they will take. They will look to make partnerships. They will look to just say, hey, we're going to pay you this much. Build this exclusive just for us. This is our IP and everything like that. This will be with us. Go to these amazing studios, like small studios that are just building with these amazing uh, amazing creative directors or creatives behind it, like Jay Raymond, like Kojima Productions, like maybe maybe Amy Hennig. Obviously, Amy Hennig is working at Skybound, but I was deep down hoping that Amy Hennig would kind of start her own thing. So Amy Hennig, if people don't know, is the one that basically started the Uncharted series. And Uncharted series, as we know, is very, very, you know, synonymous when it comes to Uncharted and, and PlayStation. They just kind of go hand in hand. But... You know, the, the main thing was that Sony is is seemingly, or PlayStation is seemingly want, wanting to work with these creatives and help them kind of build that studio from the ground up, not necessarily own them, but it's going to have that partnership and of course also get a, get an exclusive out of it too. And I think this just makes sense because in terms of them spending the money, they don't need to spend the money, first of all, to buy a whole studio. And they can just license these things. They can just license it out to amazing studios all around the world. And this approach, I feel like, would kind of bear fruit in the same way. Like I said, like Microsoft had to had to play catch up. They had to have something first of all ready on Game Pass, and also something which obviously it will take time. 
but after a while they need to be they need to have like a couple of exclusives or three exclusives every year coming out like big proper exclusives you know kind of like last of us ghost tsushima spider-man miles morales that was all in one year or the year before we had death stranding and days gone i think there was some a couple of others but i forgot what it was the, the time before uh god of war spider-man um i think it was detroit become human like there was like all these games that were kind of coming out all together and i think that's what microsoft needs to do and this is kind of like them finally getting to that point which is gonna be really exciting in like two or three years game pass will be flooded like Every couple of months, you'll get like a new amazing Bethesda game. It's going to be amazing. So I think this is a very, very good move from Sony to take this approach and to say, you know what, we're just going to work with partnerships. And there's all these rumors about them partnering with either. They, uh, I'm not really partnering with other companies, but at least licensing out certain uh, certain IPs like the Konami franchises and just kind of giving it to their studios or giving it to other studios. I don't know. But basically, the idea is to just license it out, get people's help kind of have these exclusive agreements, kind of similar to with the Square Enix agreement with Final Fantasy 16, with Final Fantasy 7 Remake. These these exclusive agreements already do such a great job. Do They do a lot when it comes to getting the mindshare of gamers and getting all the eyes on your console. And I think this is kind of working. It is, one thing I obviously have to state, because I feel like after my last, um, my last episode where I kind of talked about why the Bethesda games should be exclusives uh on xbox uh, i obviously like i i feel like i came off too negative on on playstation uh but that's why i want to clear up like you know playstation has already kind of planted themselves as the pioneer they're just at the top of the of the whole chain right now you know they don't need to make a lot of moves because all these moves are happening but at the end of the day whenever ps5 is available you bet that thing sells out within seconds uh and again like for anyone that's in canada you can attest to this maybe uh, when PS5 goes live, it is sold within seconds. When the Xbox Series X or S goes live, uh, it takes a while. Like the Series X was available on Bethesda, on on Bethesda, on Best Buy for like like three or four hours after it was published. The Xbox Series S right now is still available on Best Buy. Yep, I'm on Best Buy right now, and it was it's still available on Best Buy. It's you know Xbox is still kind of making their move. They're trying to like over time get to the point where you know they will be a company that everyone wants to invest in. But right now, because they don't have the games, it is hard to kind of get people to invest in your platform. But with these companies, that should help. On the, uh, Going back to my Sony's point, they, they don't need to make a lot of these moves right now. They're still making these moves, but they don't need to because for them, like if, a, if there's a PS5 available, it will sell out. If they put out Ratchet and Clank which, uh, very soon in June, it's going to go crazy. It's going to sell out like crazy. Returnal already is getting a lot of hype, even though, you know, it's a very weird-ish roguelike game and everything like that we don't know too much about it it's not a, it's a new ip but people are still excited about it and of course people are excited about the new horizon the new god of war so i think sony has already kind of planted themselves as hey we're already here we're already selling like crazy i mean don't even get me started on nintendo nintendo's like doing its own thing nintendo will literally put out a nintendo like coffee mug and that will sell out like in seconds like nintendo is its own thing i'm purely focusing on sony and microsoft and I just don't see I just don't see the need for Sony to make any big moves until it does come to a point where you start seeing Xboxes selling more than the PlayStation PlayStation 5s or you know Xbox is releasing all these exclusives that are doing amazing they're just they're like it's getting 10 out of 10s whatever and and, and you know, coming on game of the year uh the game of the year conversation everything like that but PlayStation is just struggling to release a game that even gets in that conversation that's going to when I think Sony needs to start worrying at the moment, 
there is no need. On top of this, Sony just, I think it was just announced today, Sony bought Evo. So Evo is this fighting competition. It's basically the premier fighting competition. It's like the WrestleMania of video game fighting competitions. And Sony just bought it. And of course, I think Nintendo also uh, you know, made a statement after that saying that they will be evaluating it. I, I don't, I, it's, it's a little weird, I, I, I understand, because I think Nintendo also you know, usually has Super Smash uh, be a game that you can, you can use or uh, have a lot of competitors from that scene available in EVO. But now that's being owned by Sony, I think Nintendo, it, it, feel, it felt weird. Um, I haven't like kind of reread the statement multiple times, but it just came off as we will be evaluating, uh, you know, where Super Smash is best suited, stuff like that, and everything like that. Basically saying that yeah, the door is open, but you know, I think they will have to just kind of look internally into what they should be doing. But this is still a very very big deal because I think a lot of people made this argument that Microsoft has become the home of, become the home of Western RPGs, right? Because they have Bethesda, they have Skyrim, they have Fallout, they have all these. I mean, whatever Starfield. Whereas Sony now bought Evo, and it doesn't mean that they're buying the fighting games and, and stuff in general, but it is getting every, it's kind of the same way that their deal with Call of Duty became so huge that it basically shifted all the competitive Call of Duty players onto PlayStation. There was a time on the 360 and PS3 era where Call of Duty games would always sell more on the 360, and when you would see the competitive scene, it would always be people playing their 360s. But now it completely shifted. And I think it's the same thing with Sony buying Evo. All the fighting games that you will see at the at this event will be on a PlayStation. So everyone that would want to buy, you know, these fighting games or everything like that, they will kind of associate it as, oh, I want to buy it on my PlayStation. They'll probably have like deals and everything like that. So I think this is already a big deal. Sony already is kind of the home for fighting games at the moment. In all honesty, they have Street Fighter V, which is an exclusive. I have no idea how that they pull that off, but it's still an exclusive, which is surprising. And I mean, obviously games like Mortal Kombat and Guilty Gear that's coming out, Dragon Ball Fighters, all these are basically not exclusive, but they're like huge on PlayStation. So this is pretty big for them. It just kind of, that's what I'm saying. Like it just, it just kind of shows you their, what they're focused on. They aren't focused on acquiring studios. They aren't focused on, okay, let's just buy a huge publisher. They're like, wait, we already have games in the, in the works. We already have this amazing group of fans, everyone that wants to buy our console. Let's just try to create like this huge community, this huge, like kind of just building blocks of, you know, events and, and, th- and like whatever we can do to kind of get into that space, you know, and it, it, I, I, it'll be pretty interesting to see what they do with Evo. Like if there's any changes at all, I don't think there should be any changes uh, other than of course, all these games will be played on a PlayStation, but that should be pretty interesting. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what Sony keeps doing because it, it, it does kind of put a lot of stuff into perspective because I think even me as a as a PlayStation fan, I was also kind of wondering, I'm like, okay, I mean, I'm lucky that I have a PC. And if I, I like anytime I saw the Series X available, there was a part of me that was about to buy it. Then there's a part of me that's like, like really like, why, why do you want to buy this? Like all the games that you play are on the PS5 and all the, on the PC and on your Switch and on your Wii U. Like, I have like literally all the games that I need, all the platforms I need to play any game I want. Then it's kind of like, uh, like, yeah, it was basically like I was almost forcing myself to buy it. And I'm like, no, 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 okay, no, I'm not going to buy it. And you know, but like with this recent like news, I was like, man, like Bethesda is going to be all on, on, on Xbox. It'll be cool if I can like, you know, play it on my PC and on my, on my TV outside, everything like that. Maybe I should invest in a Series X. But then, you know, I was like, no, you know, it's, it's like part of you is kind of inching you towards that. But then you realize that, okay, 
like I'm fortunate enough to have a PC and everything that can play all those games, but there's so many other people that are probably, you know, not as fortunate that they can just choose between one or the other console and them kind of having to choose between the Xbox and PlayStation is becoming harder and harder at this point. You know, Xbox with, with its values and when Bethesda comes out firing on all cylinders with all of its games and everything like that, it's going to be great. It's going to be so hard. It's going to be so hard for anyone to decide on what console to buy. I think right now, I mean, it's clear Nintendo is the way to go. Like, in no jokes, I mean, I, I would not buy Nintendo right now, a uh, Nintendo Switch right now, because they are going to probably release a new one end of this year. But, you know, if you are wondering about what console you should buy, I think it's definitely a Nintendo console because of the stuff that you can get there that you can't get anywhere and the quality stuff that you can get there. But either way, you know, between the Sony and Microsoft fights and everything like that, it's still, it's getting, getting, it's getting more and more tough, more and more challenging to, to help someone decide because last year, I feel like, or not last year, but last generation, it was much simpler. It was like, no, PlayStation is the way, I'm sorry, but PlayStation is the way. That's where you're going to get all the multi-platform. I know it's not going to look as beautiful as the Xbox One X, but hey, you're going to get Uncharted, you're going to get Days Gone, you're going to get Death Stranding, you're going to get God of War, you're going to get Spider-Man. There's just too many amazing games to leave behind. Ghost of Tsushima, I can't believe I forgot Ghost of Tsushima. But like, you know, there's all these games there. Now I feel like once Bethesda releases Starfield, which I do think will be exclusive to Xbox and Game Pass, as they, as they put it, I think that's when it's gonna get it's gonna get challenging. That's when it's gonna come down to, oh my god, wait, should I should I get an Xbox? Should I get a PlayStation? So again, like I said, like obviously some some of us are very fortunate. We either already have all the consoles or we have a PC or we even have an Xbox One because those will still play those games. But you know, for the people that have to kind of decide between these consoles, it's getting harder and harder and harder. And I, I know I kind of went on tangents, but that's what this show is known for. That's what I'm known for. I, I do apologize, but get used to it, I guess. <laughs> this is this how it goes here. Uh, from this, I'm going to move on to my recent love of all things Nintendo. Nintendo has, I mean, I love my Switch, but it was a while that I was barely playing it because there was just no, after Animal Crossing, there was just no exclusive that was exciting. Like, you know, that was exciting me in a way. I got 3D All-Stars. I played 3D All-Stars a little bit, played Super Mario Sunshine. I was like, Okay, like, yeah, this is fine. Super Mario Sunshine was not a good place for me to start. I think I should have stick, stuck to Super Mario 64 or Galaxy. But that was, a, that was the one that I have never played. So I'm like, okay, let me play Sunshine. And I was like, wow, this is uh, this is not really fun. And then obviously recently, with as I kind of talked about, I, I got the Nintendo Wii U and started playing through all these old school Nintendo games, all those Nintendo Wii games that I kind of remember sort of having or playing a little bit. And just Nintendo Wii games that people always said or Nintendo games that people said that you need to play. And I started playing those and I was, I'm, I just have gone through this weird Nintendo, you know, cleansing water or whatever, where I'm just kind of Nintendo-fied at this point and I'm just loving all things Nintendo. I'm uh, still going through Majora's Max, Mask, the Zelda game, but I go on eBay or Amazon often and I'm able to find the Nintendo Wii games for like $10, $15, like Wii Sports Resort. I remember playing that, the one that has golf and everything like that and bowling. Um, uh, I think there was WarioWare, Smooth Moves, Red Steel 2, which is a Ubisoft game with sword fighting. Uh, I, I of, of course, got Wind Waker, which is another Zelda game. Uh, Mad World, which is Platinum Games, first game. Platinum Games, the people that made games like Bayonetta and everything like that. Bayonetta 1 and 2, I got that for the Wii U. Like, there was all these games that my eyes were just open to because I have this, like, I have access to these older games, like the Nintendo Wii games and, like, the... SNES, NES games, all that stuff, you know, and it, it just opened so much to me and I just realized, I'm like, wow, this is, this is so fun to kind of play this and it just, it's a very different feeling. It's a very different feeling uh, playing a game like this versus playing a game like, you know, Rainbow Six Siege, which I really love, 
you know, playing a game like Rainbow Six Siege or Cyberpunk or Final Fantasy VII Remake. Like, these older games, it, it, there is a bit of nostalgia tied to it, but I think there's also a bit of FOMO tied to it. Like, I don't know if this sounds weird, but growing up, like, I didn't have a lot of these consoles growing up. And because of that, there were all these games that I missed out on. And then once, obviously, you know, I was able to kind of afford all these the problem was backwards compatibility. A lot of the times, especially on Nintendo side, they were good up to a point, but with the Switch, they're pretty bad when it comes to backwards compatibility. So because of that, I'm like, oh, there's all these games that I can't really access. Same thing with goes to the PS2 or the Xbox or the GameCube. Like there were all these games from all these console generations that growing up, I just never got access to. And I was like, wow, like I would love to be able to play those. But obviously, you know, I'm like, okay, I have like the, the you know best console and the best PC, all this stuff. Like, why do I need to go back? But then like once I have access to it, I'm like, oh, you know what? I do want to, I do want to check it out. I do want to check out Mad World. I do want to check out Resident Evil 4, the Wii edition, a Wii Sports Resort. And I started like going through all this and I'm just, you know, it's just like this childhood feeling that I'm kind of getting through. Like it's not even nostalgia because like I said, it's not like I have any connection with these games, but just playing them or just even getting them in my hands and just seeing the box art and just seeing it. I'm like, oh my God. It's like, you know, like it's like a, a, a part of me that's a child that's like, finally been satisfied that I'm like, wow, okay, I got it. I got this game. I got this game that I always wanted way back. So I'm just like really, really like happy about that. I'm really excited about it. I'm just so, I'm so excited to just try all these Nintendo things. I'm trying to find uh, Skyward Sword for cheap if possible. And so I'm just like going through, I'm basically trying my best to find all these games for cheap because there are people out there that just want absurd prices. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. This is the issue. That's the issue with, with stuff like this and especially Nintendo stuff. Nintendo stuff, like, I, it's it's almost like an investment. I feel like if you buy any disc or cartridge-based thing, just keep it with you, and in like five, 10 years, it's gonna be worth like 10 times the price, just because just because it's Nintendo, and just because of how hard it is to like get all these things. Uh, but I am like kind of going through all the Zelda games with Sapsil. We're having like a really, really great time. And I'm also just going through, you know, probably gonna play Metroid Prime for the first time. Like I've never played any Metroid games, so I'm pretty excited about that. You know, I'm, I'm just so excited to like kind of like, as I say it, I know that's like, it's like a walk of gamers life. Yeah, you need to have had played these games. And like, after I'm getting through, I'm getting to like play the game for the first time. So it's almost like, you know, I'm an I'm empty canvas when it comes to Nintendo games. I'm finally able to kind of play all these things. So I'm pretty, pretty, I'm pretty excited. So from that, we can move on to the games that I have been playing. Uh, one game that I've been playing on the stream quite a bit is Century Age of Ashes. So this game has a beta going on Steam. I think you can, get you can request to get access. It's, it shouldn't be that hard. But it's basically like Lord of the Rings, um, multiplayer, six on six, team deathmatch, or depending on the game mode, like fighting kind of, again, not, I shouldn't say fighting, but like dragon fighting game in a sense. And it's it's really, really good. It's really, really fun. Like I'm, I'm surprised by how fun it was. Uh, it's very simplistic, so it's easy to kind of get used to. Um, it, it does have issues when it comes to performance. Like it runs really well when you're playing three on three matches. But when you're playing six on six, it's not as great. Um, and I'm playing on the PC. I don't know if it's available on any consoles or if it will be available on consoles. But on the PC, like yeah, like that's been my experience on the PC so far. But overall, like it, it's the the game looks beautiful. It plays really really fun. Like it just it, I don't know. It's just like a childhood thing, I guess. Again, where it's just you know like you're on top of a dragon and you're going around breathing fire, hitting them with fireballs, uh, doing certain special moves here and there, like. It is really, really cool. And once you get the hang of being able to maneuver your dragon, it's very, very fun and very fluid. The way you kind of move between areas and they did a really good job, like the developers. So this game like slowly, slowly came to like this point in my mind 
as a game that I'm really excited for this year. I don't know. I think it is going the free-to-play route. So you can, you can expect all that stuff of, you know, uh, microtransactions, uh, all the stuff that you can buy it for your character and all that stuff. So that's all here, which is fine. Like if it's free to play, I, that's kind of, that's how they, they have to make money, right? So that's kind of expected. But Century Age of Ashes, I think if you definitely just want to try a new multiplayer game, something new, just different from what we've been experiencing for the, for the longest time now, I, I think give it a try. Just give it a shot. It's not, you know, it's not going to cost you anything. So might as well give it a shot. The other game I've been playing, of course, is Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege, of course, I love Rainbow Six. I I can't believe I got into this game so late. And uh, I mean, that's also not my fault. I Like, you know, you do need to play this game initially, at least with a bunch of friends. If you go and playing alone, like, yeah, like it, it's tough. Uh, I just got, I, I was fortunate that I was able to play this with a bunch of friends and all of us just got hooked to Rainbow Six Siege. And, you know, from that, it just came became this thing where we just fell in love with that series. And I have this game on my PlayStation. I have this game on my PC. Uh, over time with Rainbow Six Siege, I will say that you, you can play alone. I think initially, you either you have to be, you know, you just have to like kind of zone everyone out or tune everyone out. Obviously, listen to them if they're like telling you if they need help or this or that. But a lot of people will just be rude or mean for the sake of being mean. I, this was just something I noticed with that community, unfortunately. At least the people that I was put in lobbies with. Uh, people will just shoot you at the beginning of the match, like your own teammates for whatever reason. Um, if you choose a character that they wanted to choose, like they, they'll do that. Like I've, I've had the experience way too many times. I feel like it happened on stream as well. But, you know, this is just kind of how it is. So which is why it is more fun initially when you play with friends. And then over time, you just kind of get used to it. You just kind of tune it out. You're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Like, let's just play. And then, and you know, you can play it alone, which I, I shouldn't happen because I do want more and more people to, to kind of experience this game. And I know that's always been a thing that doesn't allow people to, you know, kind of fully experience this game. I feel like that's kind of what I've noticed at least. But I do recommend giving it a shot. If you want to play, if you want to play with someone, message me. I'm more than happy to kind of jump on and play with you uh, and have a great time because I, I totally understand, you know, playing on your own, putting getting yourself put in a team where everyone is, you know, either not cooperating or don't care or just, just shooting you for no no reason. It's it's not a good time. So you, like I I can definitely help and make sure you know at least at least you have some at least one buddy in there helping you out. And the other game I kind of mentioned I've been playing Super Mario Sunshine. It's, that's a rough game. I don't I don't know if I'll continue playing it. It's it, there's just issue with the camera angles, issue with the gameplay itself. Like it was just not. It just, it just feels like an undercooked game, and it's surprising that this came from Nintendo way back. Uh, around the GameCube era, but obviously after that we saw Galaxy, Galaxy Two, Super Mario Odyssey. So you know, like it's not like Nintendo after that just kind of went down. They actually went up. So I I totally get that, but I do. It's it's something that was missing in my Nintendo history, where which is why I wanted to kind of play it. But yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep forcing myself to play it if I'm not really enjoying it. So that might that might be the first Super Mario game that I don't enjoy. Uh, other than that, of course, I'm still playing Kingdom Hearts here and there. It's again, it's a very slow game. Yeah, like the gameplay, I wish. Uh, was more engaging i just don't like enjoy the gameplay as much i thought it would be more closer to like final fantasy 7 remake because it's supposed to be more action oriented but there's just no like feedback when you're hitting stuff it just feels like you're just clicking them like i don't know it's hard to explain but it just doesn't it just i just don't get that same kind of feedback from playing kingdom hearts that i thought i would uh when you compare it to games like final fantasy 15 or even 13 and and final fantasy 7 remake so like I, I but I'm trying to play it mainly for the story, for the Disney characters, for the Disney world. And I do want to kind of get through this again. This is a, again a blank spot in my gaming history that I, I do want to get through this and actually play through this entire game. 
and like see you know what the big fuss is when it comes to Kingdom Hearts. So I'm kind of making my through it, making my way through it. Uh, should be I I don't know how long that game is, but it, it if it's anything like any of the other Square Enix games, it'll probably be like 20, 25 hours, and I'm probably like six hours in. So slowly, slowly making my way through. I don't want to I don't want to rush into anything. Weirdly enough, this this past week my gaming has been like a little low. I've I've been either gaming on stream, but after that it's been like I jump on a Super Mario Sunshine for like 10, 15, or twenty minutes. Uh, even Kingdom Hearts, I remember I just jumped on. I there was like a boss that was troubling me. It took me like thirty minutes. And I did that, and then yeah, like I don't know. Sometimes you just sometimes it's okay, you know. Sometimes it's okay if you're not in the mood to just play games. There's a lot happening around us in the world, in your cities and stuff like that. I'm sure you know that it's just sometimes it is very overwhelming. I don't want to you know like say like it's affecting me more than anyone else or anything like that. You know, everyone's going through such a such a hard time, especially when it comes to the psychological effects of the pandemic and everything like that. So, but it's just like, you know, sometimes you just don't, you're just not in the mood. Sometimes you just, you're not in the mood to just play games or do something that requires you to be very active or to kind of switch your brain to an active mode, right? Sometimes you just want to watch TV and just kind of go into this passive mode. So that's kind of why I think it's been a very slow week or slow couple of weeks when it comes to gaming. So hopefully within a couple of weeks or so, you know, things start to get better, everything like that. I'll be more in the mood to kind of, play more games, play more video games just more regularly. And, you know, I can kind of start going through my backlog because I, let's be honest, our backlogs are increasing and, and we have Monster Hunter Rise coming out next week, which I need to play. Like, there's just so many games coming out that I'm just like, oh my God, I need, I do need to kind of focus and kind of get these, get these games out. But at the same time, obviously, it's very important to play games that you actually enjoy. You know, like, I think once you kind of start playing games just for the sake of it or just kind of forcing yourself to play a game, you, you, that, you're losing the whole purpose of games. The purpose of games are to kind of give you this enjoyable experience, not to kind of make you kind of go through and force you through all this pain and, and suffering to kind of make you <laughs> go through this and go through a game that you just don't enjoy. So hopefully, let's see. Let's see what happens next week. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for joining and all the support. Really means a lot. Please email me at amandamangames at gmail.com. That's amandamangames at gmail.com. All the social media links and the email, all that stuff will be in the description below. Uh, let me know if you have any anything that you want me to add to the to these kinds of episodes, anything I should do, anything I should change. All the advice is appreciated and I will see everyone next time. Bye.